This is Frank Krug, and you're listening to Pearl Across Talk. Hans Driver. Tyner with scores! Now it's Brock Cadell scores! Hands off for Rabel, switches hands and scores! Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson! Welcome to Season 2 of the Pro Lacrosse Talk Podcast, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, and together we're bringing you interviews from all your favorite players and coaches, as well as news and analysis from all four professional lacrosse leagues. Right, welcome everyone to another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk Podcast. I'm Hutton Jackson, today I'm joined by Frank Krug, long sick midfielder with the Philadelphia Barrage, the NCAA's all-time leader in cause turnovers, and former DeSales Bulldog. We're also joined by his coach of four years at DeSales, and my former coach, Coach Matt Brancaccio. First off, thank you guys for joining. Um, I'm excited. It's going to be a DeSales episode today. Uh, excited to talk about your latest contract, Frank. Um, you're the first DeSales lacrosse player to go pro. We're going to kind of you know, talk about your career a little bit, talk about you know, Coach B, kind of you're seeing his development over the four years, and uh, overall kind of just you know, take a trip down memory lane since sales is near and dear to my heart. But uh, to start, Frank, you went to LaSalle High School. Um, you weren't really heavily recruited, uh, you played JV for three years before going varsity your senior year. Um, talk about, though, why you felt like you weren't done playing lacrosse yet. Um, a big reason why I wasn't really done. I, I, that third year, getting the notification that I would be on JV again was really hard for me. I actually didn't know if I wanted to keep playing. That's kind of maybe the reason why I didn't try to get so heavily recruited. But uh, the big reason was that my coach at year, Pat Lake, and um, he saw something in me and he believed in me. And uh, he encouraged me to stay on, on JV and push it out one more year and give it my all my senior year. And that year was really big for me. Not only – I had a great time with everybody, but I taught, he taught me so much with, between leadership and hard work and perseverance that uh, carried over for me for my next couple years through into college. So he's a yeah, big no, reason it's why. An inter- interesting story, too, because, you know, you actually weren't recruited by DeSales. You were a walk-on. So, Coach B, tell a little bit about that story of how Frank reached out, um, how you guys connected, and then he ultimately, you know, came on the team freshman year. Yeah, I mean, so in the summertime, you know, the recruiting circuit, I think it was one of the last recruiting events of the year. I was sitting next to an Eastern assistant in their arrival in our, in our conference, as you guys well know. Um, and he goes to me, you guys, you know, you have the starting LSM from LaSalle coming to the sales next year. And I was like, no, he's, I don't, we didn't recruit anybody from LaSalle. Like we don't have any, he's like, no, no, I'm, I'm telling you, you have the starting LSM from LaSalle going to the sales. And I was like, really? I was like, I didn't know that. Like, and he was like, yeah, like I'm close friends with his family. Like we tried to get him to come to Eastern so bad, but they, they didn't offer academically what the sales could offer. He's going to the sales just to be a student. And I was like, that's really interesting. I'm going to reach out to him right away. And this was a Saturday um, at a recruiting event. Monday when I had gotten into the office, I had started, i you know, I go to the computer, I turn it on, I go to my email to write Frank uh, an email, and sure enough, he's the first person in my inbox uh, emailing me talking about how, uh, you know, his playing career, he sent me a highlight tape, uh, and, uh, and and showing interest in our program, and I watched the highlight tape, and I was like, oh man, we got something special here, and I called, Coach Beccaro was uh, our graduate assistant at the time, I called mm-hmm. him into the office, I was like, watch this highlight tape. And, uh, and he was like, who is that? I was like, he's coming to sales next year. He wants to play lacrosse. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was definitely different, um, for, for us, uh, as coaches, uh, to get a walk on as with talent like Frank has, but, uh, it was, it was cool. 
yeah, non lacrosse wise, Frank, you know, talk about, you know, what drew you, I guess, to the sales, you know, academically. Um, and then talk about that first interaction, you know, when you stepped into the office and coach McCarry and coach P were there and talking to them and kind of, you know, their vision for the, your career at the sales. Yeah. So initially going to the uh, sales, I was going for the nursing program. Um, they had a really good uh, medical program, not just nursing. I originally wanted to go for uh, the medical uh, science program there, but I didn't have, I was like one point off on my SAT and I had a really great first year there uh, academically, so I changed to biology in order to pursue becoming a doctor. But that first interaction that I had with them, first of all, I couldn't find his office. I was like walking around <laughs> forever trying to find them. And then he came out and found me, and then I walked in, and McCary was sitting there. And, you know, McCary was like big guy, and I thought he was Coach B's bodyguard at first, but um, which was really funny. Um, but I ended up – it turned out to be uh, – Great. I'm, I'm still really close with Coach McCarry. He taught me a lot in my first year. That was his only year for me. But um, he was great in my time there. Um, he taught me so much. And to this day, we're still pretty close and we talk very often. Frank, I don't know if you know this, but that first interaction we had when you came to the office, uh, Frank was a lot skinnier back then. He's put on a lot of weight. Uh, but he comes into the office, real skinny kid, curly hair. His hair was a little bit longer. And he leaves the office, Coach McCarrow turns to me and goes, there's no way that kid is in that highlight tape. <laughs> yeah, oh, putting, putting Coach McCarrow on notice, I like it. <laughs> but you, 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 you were the same kid. You had a lot of success your freshman year um, and throughout your career. As I mentioned earlier, you are the NCAA lead, leader in college turnovers with 226, despite a shortened senior season. Um, what about your game you know, has allowed you to be so dominant at the college level? And then also, how did your game progress from your freshman to senior year? Coach McCarry really started with me, um, really implementing stuff, like watching film, uh, different little tricks he had. Carry wasn't bad himself at taking the ball away, but mm. he also played smart position too. But even his, all of his tricks kind of helped me. But more, more over than anything, it's the mindset that I had, I think, my four years. And I think my, my mindset just got stronger and I had gained more confidence. Like, just thinking, going out every day in practice or every game, thinking I was better than the other person and that they weren't going to beat me and that I I was going to get the ball no matter what. Like, mm -hmm. they, if they got past me, I was going to run, like, catch up to them and get the, take the ball away from them. Or if they were dodging me, I'm, they're not getting by me. Just, like, the whole mindset, um, I think, is what really helped me. And then just the little tips and tricks I learned from um, Coach Macario and then Coach Caden and then this year a little bit with Julie. You know, that's great. Um, and again, you know, you had tremendous success, both individually, but also, you know, as a team. Uh, last year, 2019, you guys won the MAC championship. Uh, we'll start with you, Coach B. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, going 15-0. and 0, You dropped that final game to Eastern, you know, who's been our rival for so long. We haven't beat them. Um, then, you know, you go into the playoffs, you beat Misericordia, and you take down Eastern 14-13 to win the MAC championship and secure DeSales' first, you know, NCAA tournament berth. Um, how special was that season in that group of guys? Yeah, I mean, that was to, that will forever be one of the most special days in my whole life. I, I'll never forget that day. And uh, the work, I think the best part about it was the work that all the guys put in. It finally paid off and come into fruition. I, I knew when uh, we played our fall lacrosse tournament, like I remember coming back into the office with the coaches and sitting down and being like, wow, we got something here this year, like, mm -hmm. for sure. And then the first game of the year, we beat Montclair State in double overtime, and that mm -hmm. kind of set the pace, and that was huge. I think if we lose that game, our season's completely different. 
Um, but we win that game and we show a ton of heart. We show a lot of leadership. And uh, our program took the next step because usually in those games and Hutton, we've been on the wrong end of those yep. overtime games for sure. And usually in those games, they haven't really fallen in our favor. And all of a sudden now things started to trickle in our favor because, you know, we got guys like Frank and other guys who can contribute um, and we started winning lacrosse games and we just went on a tear. And I think Frank and I shared a moment at that last regular season game at the end of Eastern and he came up to me and said, that, uh, you know, I, I'd rather have that ending and, and have a different storybook ending and win the MAC championship. Uh, and I, I, again, I think everything happened for a reason that year. We lost that last regular season game and that propelled us to win in the MAC championship. I think that that was the best thing that could have happened to us. We, we, we were winning games. We were, we were 15 and 0 at that point, And then we were 15 and one. Um, uh, and that, that last game refocused us for the playoffs, losing mm-hmm. that last game, kind of knowing that we're, we're human guys. We gotta, we gotta execute. We gotta play well. We have to play within ourselves and, and, and win the lacrosse games the way we know how. And, uh, Losing that last game to Eastern, I think, was so important to us winning the MAC championship. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, talk a little bit about Frank, too. You know, you guys, I just put things in perspective. You know, you mentioned my, my class. We had never had a winning record at DeSales. And you guys, you know, you went 15-0 and 0, um, at that point. We had come close, you know, to still winning the MAC championship. But I think that, you know, making that big leap um, is a testament to the group of guys you had. But, Frank, you know, how special was that moment for you? So honestly, it really started before the year even started. We set goals for ourselves. First goal was to beat Montclair State, like Coach B said. The second was to um, be, be over 500, and then the last was win a MAC championship. So it really was meant something to us that to get to that point of being over 500. Um, we thought that'd be the next really big step in taking the program to the next level, which we always talk about leaving the program in a better place. Um, and the reason I think we were so successful is is everybody worked together. It might be one game where the offense goes off and the defense doesn't play so great, or offense only scores five goals and the defense gives up four. Like we just worked so well together, and each other, we had each other's backs throughout the whole year, and the chemistry was just there the whole year. And that last loss, it did sting a little bit, but it was it was like, all right, it's game on. Like we're we're going out next week and we're going to beat Visicordia bad and we did that and we got we got our chance at revenge and 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 ultimately we we won the max championship which is achieving our last goal which was awesome I've been asked for a better junior year you know and you know you guys ended up losing in that first round but it was to the eventual national champions in Cabrini too which you know says a lot too I think about you know how the program kind of battled um let's talk about the senior season really disappointing that it got canceled um I hate to bring up you know such fresh wounds, but Coach B, what was your reaction when you got the news that the season was being canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic? Um, it was really tough. You know, I think uh, definitely bittersweet, um, you know, because we were in Florida when everybody, the, the NESCAC, the Ivies, everybody started canceling NBA and NHL, and uh, we were living normal lives in Florida on spring break. And then uh, that Wednesday, I think, uh, NESCAC, um, we were still on spring break. We were supposed to leave Thursday, Wednesday. NESCAC t- told the, the country that they were discontinuing their, their uh, season. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody kind of knew the chips were falling in the wrong direction. And then we got on the plane Thursday. And while we were on the plane Thursday and everybody had their planes off, the NCAA announced that there was no, going to be no championship season for spring sports. Um, and then we got on the bus and I broke the news to the guys. And it was – really really tough you know I think uh, it was tough on them it was tough on the coaching staff 
Um, I think overall bittersweet, though. I think now that the wounds have kind of healed up, uh, I think uh, at least these guys got to go out on top again, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that we're really fortunate as a program to have won in 2019 and to kind of feel like they, they, they were huge contributors to that. Our junior class was huge contributors to that. There's no mm -hmm. doubt about it. Um, in 2019, they were juniors. So um, I think that's really uh, something that they can kind of hang their hats on a little bit. I know they all felt like they had unfinished business, but um, I think it's, I think it's really, uh, really bittersweet. Like I, I can't stress that enough, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you guys are still the Mac champs. Uh, defending Mac champs until you guys are dethroned next season. But um, let's talk about, you know, the pro side a little bit. You know, Frank, you just signed that contract with the Philadelphia Barrage. I read the story about how you were a ball boy for the Philadelphia Wings for so long, idolizing Kevin Crowley growing up. And you now have the opportunity to play with Crowley on the Barrage. Um, how surreal has this whole experience been? Uh, it's been unreal. Um, I can talk a little bit about that. So when I was a kid um, – when the Wings, before they left to become New England, um, this is probably about 11 years ago now, um, mm -hmm. I was a ball boy, me and my brothers were. So we go down three hours before every game, and I specifically remember the one season where it was Kevin's, Kevin Crowley's first year, he was a rookie. And uh, there's a lot of free time, because it's three hours before the game, so some guys will just go out before and hit the ball against the boards or do whatever they want, get some extra shooting in. Mm -hmm. But he would always come out and spend time with us, too. And it was, that was always meant so much. And I, ever since then, I always looked up to him. Even before that, um, when he was at Stony Brook, if I didn't go to the sales, I would have gone to Stony Brook because um, they had a really good medical program too. Mm -hmm. But also because of him, I thought he was the coolest guy. I, I don't know if I would have played lacrosse there. Maybe I would try to. But Kevin, he's always been somebody I've looked up to as like a person in lacrosse. Where I think he's a very genuine person. He's a big Philly guy. He always has been ever since he uh, played for the Wings. And he does mm -hmm. so much in the Philly community. He's just a great guy to look up to. And I'm looking forward to really getting to know him um, on the when the time comes with the barrage. But in terms of how the whole barrage things came along, um, I got a text from Brian Harrington, who was an assistant at LaSalle, asking me if I was going to be um, interested in um, like applying basically for the MLL draft. Mm -hmm. And uh, if I was going to be doing my extra eligibility, I'd let him know I wasn't going to be doing that. And then he asked me a couple other questions, um, basic, basic things like high weight and all that. Um, and I put my name in for the draft and I was like really excited. I was like, oh, maybe I'll be picked by the barrage. Um, and then uh, two weeks went by, the draft came up on that Monday mm -hmm. um, and I, they had 10 picks. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll really, I might really have a chance of getting picked. I didn't get picked and I was kind of bummed. I was like, why, why did they even reach out to me if nothing's going to happen? But then two days later, I got a, text from um their head coach and gm spencer ford mm -hmm. and um he let me know like congratulating me i was part of the philadelphia barrage and it was just like a surreal moment um the first thing i did was i drove to the sales actually and i just sat on the field and i just thought about all the people that have gotten me to this moment my my parents my brother my my four younger brothers supporting me throughout my whole career high school the people who stuck with me Coach B giving me a chance, all my teammates I've had throughout the years that believed in me and put me in the best possible position. It was just a surreal moment, and um, I was so excited. And then the next day, he actually called me and talked to me more about the Philly Barrage, what they were, what the expectations were. Um, they didn't have the weight the year they had wanted last year, but they definitely had a lot of talent, and they definitely mm -hmm. do. Um, and then uh, he, he let me know. He, they sent me the contract, and I signed it that Saturday. And then the rest is history. You know, it's awesome. It's great for the program, too. And, Coach, you know, I know you, Frank, earlier you said 
coach always preached is leave the program in a better place than when you got there. Um, I know you preached that to us, coach, when I was there. Um, and tell us a little bit too, like what a signing like Frank's does for a program like DeSales, you know, to have the first professional lacrosse player um, come from DeSales. Um, talk us a little bit about, you know, your excitement when you got the news Frank was signing with the Barrage. I mean, my excitement was for him. Yeah, like that was my first instinct. Like that, that's probably the coolest thing that could, could happen to any of our guys. So I was really excited for him. And uh, I, the funny thing is when he sent me a picture of it, I, mi- I missed it. The fr- when he, cause he sent me a text of a picture of the, of the screenshot of the text that he got. And then he followed up with another question. I can't remember what that, but I answered the other question. I must've been running around. And then like two days later, he was like, did you see my picture? I was like, what picture? And then I, I called him. I was like, I didn't, I just saw that now when like we, I got really, we both got really excited over the phone and then like started talking. Um, like, so yeah, I mean, I couldn't be proud, more proud of him. It's, it's, it couldn't happen to a better guy. I mean, like, like you talked about a little bit earlier in this uh, podcast, like uh, his mindset is just unbelievable. And he puts his mind to something, he's going to do it. So um, for the program, it's great. I mean, we've been getting a lot of recognition. People have been reaching out to me and congratulating me. I'm like, yeah, like, I, I thank you. Like, <laughs> I guess like it's, it's great. Like he, he, he did all the work himself, like, and he pushed himself to get there. So um, it's great for our program to get the recognition to, it helps helps in all stages um gives it helps helps the guys get excited about something uh, some some type of silver lining in in uh such uh like i said bittersweet moment but uh it's it's really great for frank you know and he he loves the game of lacrosse he's getting i know we tried everything to get him to come back both of us did uh because he really wants to continue to play and he loves the game of lacrosse um then he got accepted into medical school and we both had a conversation like that's something you have to do you can't pass this opportunity and then all of a sudden like when, uh, when God closes one door, he opens up another and, and he opened up a door for Frank to play professionally. And we both got so excited about that because I know how passionate he is about the sport and how he really, he wanted, he, he wouldn't have played anywhere else. Uh, and mm-hmm. I know he'll, he'll say that because he wants to play at the sales. And we, we tried to, again, we tried to make that happen as, as best as we could. And, you know, he got the opportunity to go to medical school and that's, that's what's most important. Right. So, um, then all of a sudden the barrage reached out and now he's got another opportunity to play again. So yeah, I could, I just couldn't be happier for him. Today I also want to talk to you about our affiliate Parkside Cards. Parkside Cards is your go-to source for major league lacrosse trading cards. They have a variety of packs on their website, including a box set that comes with four tickets to an MLL game, a Lyle Thompson signature pack that comes with a limited edition signed Lyle Thompson card. The best part is we've teamed up with Parkside Cards to provide you with a special discount. Simply visit parksidecards.com and use the code PLT to save 20% on your order today. Now let's segue a little bit into our five and five segment. I usually, uh, what I do is just ask people individual five and five questions. This time around, I sent them to you guys ahead of time because we're going to play a little bit of a game. You guys are actually going to guess what the other person put. So see how well you guys know each other. So we'll start off with the first question I asked you both. Um, and that's kind of what is one thing that you do as far as your game day routine? So Frank, you'll be the guesser at first. The three different answers that could have been Coach B's are he has a coffee the day of the game, he showers right before the game, or he calls his parents before each game. So which one of those is true? Uh, it's got to be the coffee. <laughs> yep, it's the coffee. And yeah. now for Frank, Frank either goes out on the field before the game and listens to his pregame playlist, he showers before the game, or he eats a bowl of cereal. That's a pregame playlist. That man has his headphones on, no helmet. He's the only guy with no helmet on the field. number two now we all went to the sales here so i asked you guys what your favorite class was during your time at the sales uh so coach b you're gonna guess frank's frank either enjoyed biology 
anatomy or organic chemistry? Which one? Uh, he enjoyed orgo chem probably because Mayville is his teacher. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> He's the man. He came, he, came to all, he came to every home game we had this year, actually. He's a great guy. That's awesome. And then uh, Coach B's favorite class during his time was either biology, anatomy, or biomechanics. It's got to be biomechanics. Yep. Um, number three, I asked you guys what your guys' favorite lacrosse player was growing up. Um, so Coach B put Mikey Powell, John Grant Jr., or Kyle Harrison. Which one of those was his favorite? That's a really tough one. Um, I want to say uh, Mikey Powell, but I'm not going to say Kyle Harrison because Coach B was a midi, and I think he played a little bit more like him. Oh, no, you were attacking, weren't you? Hmm. I'm going to go with Casey Powell then. My, yeah, my, Mikey Powell is correct. Oh, sorry, Mikey Powell, sorry. Yeah, you're good. You're good. The speed probably had a lot yeah. to do. You know, coach I still got that speed, hunting. Still got that speed, yeah. You didn't have the height, you didn't have the stature, but you got the speed. So, hey, <laughs> I had to, I had to throw a little dig in. There. I know you did. I know. Yeah. Um, but for people that don't know, coach not only you know coaches now at the sales. He also uh, are you the all time leader in assist at the sales still? Yes. Yep. Okay. So not to toot your own horn, but you know, coach so B was quite, quite the player you, during his to sales. Felt bad about the height jab, so you had to now you bring me back I, I up. I did. Yeah. You know. <laughs> This is, you know, this is a positive podcast, so I had to at least <laughs> follow up with the positive. Um, and then for Frank, who do you think Frank's favorite player was growing up? Uh, was it Brody Merrill, Joel White, or Brian Spolina? Uh, it's Brody Merrill. Yep. He's got a big poster above his bed. Huge life-size poster. Fat head, yeah. Fat head, Back yeah. when Brody Merrill was on the Hamilton Nationals in the MLL, um, there's a fat head of him. I got it when I was a kid, and uh, it's right behind my bed. <laughs> and he's still playing a high level, you know, with the seals yeah. and, uh, and now the water dogs this summer. So it's, it's crazy. I think he's one of the best in the game. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't think his name gets talked about enough when we're discussing greatest of all time. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, we tend to focus on the offensive stats a little bit like John Grant jr. Um, Gary mm -hmm. gate, but I, I think, you know, Brody Merrill's right up there with, with all of them. He was another one of my favorite wings players to do growing up. He was on the wings before they left, and then he ended up going to Toronto, and then when the Seals started up, going out there. So he's a great – he's an awesome indoor guy too. Absolutely. And then uh, number four I asked you guys um, – let's see here. Number four I asked, uh, where was your favorite venue to play lacrosse at? So the choices you have to guess uh, for Coach B, Frank, are Hofstra, North Shore High School, or Stony Brook? Hmm. Um – I'm going to say uh, Stony Brook. That, that, their new stadium is awesome. It's huge. I mean, I know it's a football stadium too, but it's a really nice turf uh, field, and it has a bunch of stands, and I can't imagine if that place got in a little bit packed. It would be a great venue. You're so close. Was it Hofstra? Uh, Hofstra? No, it was Hofstra. When, we were in, when I was in high school, if you made to the uh, Long Island playoffs, Nassau, you went and got played at Hofstra. And when I was there, like the whole high school came. And the stands were packed. It was awesome. Um, but in Suffolk, you go to um, Stony Brook and play. So you were, you were at that. You were, you were off, but not that. Yeah, you know, I, 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 didn't, I made it difficult. You know, I put all Long Island locations. So Frank, his three choices are Villanova Stadium, Under Armour Complex, or DeSales. I mean, I'd have to say DeSales, right? Like, that, that's just, I don't probably, maybe, maybe not, but I got to go with it. 
No, it was uh, actually the Under Armour Complex down in Maryland. Uh, every year we play what's called the Fallen Heroes game, which is a game against the Matha. And it honored uh, Brendan Looney and Travis Mannion, who both. Oh, been, cool. One of the, uh, Travis went to uh, LaSalle and uh, Brendan went to DeMatha. <clears throat> and every year we would honor them by going down there and playing it. But we got to play at the actual Under Armour complex down there and see all of Under Armour's um, facilities and stuff. And then they have an actual field down there where they built in one of the rougher areas in hopes to <clears throat> bring up the, uh, the community, which is really cool. And the amount of people that went was awesome. And just the whole experience of uh, how significant the Fallen Heroes game was and um, all that just made it really cool, a really cool experience. And I thought it was an awesome venue. Yeah, no, that's great. I didn't even know that about that game. Um, we just did a piece on kind of Brendan Looney's influence on some of the former DeMatha guys. So, it, yeah, it's it's amazing, too, just, you know, some of those guys like, you know, Jimmy Regan, um, Brendan Looney that have, you know, played lacrosse and then, you know, sacrificed for their country. So I think that's great to kind of bring that up in this discussion as well. Uh, the fifth and final one for the lacrosse questions are what is each of your guys' favorite lacrosse moment? Uh, Frank, you can guess Coach B's first. He has a playing moment and a coaching moment. Ooh. So uh, no choices. It's pretty pretty obvious. I feel like you guys can guess. But uh, what are what do you think his two favorite lacrosse moments were from coaching and playing? Uh, coaching, I know it's no doubt winning the MAC championship. Um, playing, um, I'm going to say uh, I think he's talked to me a little bit about when they made the playoffs. It was a really big deal when um, he was there. So I would say that making the playoffs when he was playing. Yeah, I mean, senior year, we beat uh, Messiah to uh, propel us to the MAC playoffs for the first time in program history. So that was uh, that was a really big playing moment for us and a big moment for the program. So for sure, you're right on. And then obviously, MAC championship. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what do you think Frank's moment was? Yeah, beat 2019 MAC championship, yep. 100%. <laughs> I didn't have to give you guys any choices for that. I think so. Yeah, that's that's 100% it. And, and that'll always be it. That was the best experience ever. It was, and it, the what was really special, too, in terms of, like, fans and stuff, is we had finals that Monday, and the game was on a Saturday. And you'd think everybody would be at the students, at least, would be home studying for the finals. But it was unreal. I think they had two or three buses packed full of people, and it just made the atmosphere awesome. Um, uh, it was just it, it meant so much like in so many ways winning not just winning it just the amount the, the support we got and it was just awesome it was great. yeah, yeah. No, just to piggyback off that that was awesome I, I remember uh, we had we had a ton of people there um, and it was at Eastern so we had we had a ton of people there already and then about five minutes before the game time two or three buses worth of students came from like the corner of the field where you couldn't see where they were coming from they just like had signs they're screaming yelling and like it kind of it, it made everything just that much more special for sure you know I unfortunately wasn't able to attend but I remember you know watching the stream and um I knew a lot of people that were going and you know I we had a lot of great memories when I was at DeSales but honestly that's still up on my list even though I wasn't even part of that team just because you know what you guys did to kind of take that program to the next level um I think it's special and resonated with you know not just the current classes but you know classes that came before as well uh, going off of that, we'll do our off-the-field questions. So the first one, uh, Frank, you're going to guess, uh, what is Coach B's favorite activity to do when he's not coaching lacrosse? And it's either golf, tennis, or fishing. Golf, not even close. <laughs> he loves golf. He swears he can hit 400 yards. The man, the man, loves, the man loves golf. He's, he knows me well. Have you guys played <laughs> golf together at all? Or? 
Not yet. We've talked about it, though. Gotta, we'll have to all hit the links at some point. I'm, yeah. I'm a little rusty. I, haven't, I don't think I've been <laughs> driving range in forever. And I've never been <laughs> that good to begin with, but um, I, I can hold my own. Uh, and then with uh, Frank, which activity do you think is his favorite, Coach B? Is it surfing, fishing, or hiking? Uh, I think he's a big fisherman. He, he's, uh, he goes up to Long Island, the motherland and goes fishing with the boys, does some fishing trips. So. Yep. That's it. I love going out to Long Island and, uh, go up there and fishing. Uh, we go out all the way out to the, uh, North, North, North Fork out in Orient and, uh, go out there right by the layhouse and do some jigging and get some striped bass and, uh, bluefish, which is always a really good time. Awesome. And then number two, uh, Frank, what do you think coach B's favorite sport to watch that's not lacrosse is is it hockey basketball or football oh wow i'm surprised golf isn't on there because it's always on on his tv in his office when you go in but um i'm gonna go with football even though he likes the uh new york giants not a not a big giants guy but it's probably good. <laughs> you don't even have to ask me the next question this man loves the eagles <laughs> he loves to watch football yep so I don't even have to ask that one. You guys have a little bit of a rivalry going, an NFC East rivalry? Oh, yeah. I, I've been winning for four years now, so it doesn't really matter. Daniel Jones is on the comeback, all right? Giants are on the way up. Saquon, we're going to be – we're going to contend. Yeah, well, you're, you guys are lucky you're in the NFC because it's all about, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson and Big Trust. My cousin Lamar. Front runner. Front runner oh, front runner. You know, front I've been forever. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Don't start <laughs> Well, if he has the clutch gene this year, though, it doesn't fold in the playoffs for the second time. Oh, second sure. time, yeah. How, how has Carson Wentz done? <laughs> Daniel Jones won't even see the playoffs. Whoa, whoa. What about Eli Manning? Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I just love how everyone's like, Lamar Jackson can't win in the playoffs, and he's only played in two playoff games. His first one was a huge dud. Last year, if you watched that game, you'd know he was the only reason they even came close to winning that. But still a little salty about it. Oh, yeah, very salty. <laughs> I don't know why the best run offense in the history of the NFL decided not to run the ball. Yeah. Let's just abandon the run in the first quarter, even though, you know, we've had the most success in any other team. But, yeah, a little salty still. Uh, moving on to number three. Frank, where's Coach B's favorite place to vacation? Do you like to vacation at the beach? Does he like to go up to the mountains? Or does he just kind of stay at home? Uh, he likes the beach out in Long Island. Yep. And then uh, as for Frank, uh, what is Frank, where does Frank like to go? Does he like to go to Long Island, Jersey Shore, or Shenandoah Mountains? Uh, no, we, we've established this. He goes to Long Island because he knows it's the best place on earth. Uh, <laughs> even though he's born in Pennsylvania, he still travels to Long Island and goes to the fishing on the, on the North Shore. Yeah, my favorite place is Long Island. My dad grew up there. My dad actually grew up in Garden City, but uh, we go up uh, – out east more to a uh, cut shot right by greenport and it's they got they got breweries out there wineries like I, i'm not really all into that but it's just like a beautiful place out there um and it's just it's just very peaceful to be, to be able to go to the beach and just sit in the beach and hang out it's awesome yeah no i'm hoping you know everything starts to open back up a little bit more so we can get a proper summer in yeah um, going off of that number four what is coach b's favorite meal is it steak a hamburger or pasta? I'm gonna go with uh, a nice steak. Yeah, mm. a nice steak, nice flat. I, I'd say you're more of a strip New York strip guy, though. Ribeye. Ribeye, okay. Mm. Were you medium, medium rare? Yeah, okay. gotta be. I say when anyone anyone says medium well about steak, I don't think they know steak. 
Um, and then what do you think Frank's favorite meal is? It, is it steak, chicken parm, or a Wawa hoagie? Oh, that's tough. You put some good ones in there. Uh, I guess I guess probably steak. The man has refined taste. I love steak, but boy, do I love good chicken parm. Yeah, you know what? I wanted to say that. I did, but I went with the steak. All those choices are great, too, because whenever we go on away away games, what I do is yeah, I like a big-ass <laughs> sub, and I eat it on the, uh, on the bus. So that's a good one to throw on there, too. But, um, yeah, uh, but I, I do love steaks too, but I love cooking. Um, funny story in my house, my roommate Vince, um, he doesn't, he can't cook for his life. So I cook every night. Um, and so like our agreement is I cook and he just does all the dishes. So I, I'm a big cook. I love cooking different things. Uh, chicken parm is probably one of my favorite things to cook though. And what about you coach? Are you more of a cook at home guy or do you like to dine out? Uh, no, for sure. We, we cook every night here. Gotcha. And then my final one, uh, I'm going to, change it up a little bit for each of you guys because you both gave slightly different answers we kind of kept it open-ended we usually ask what people's favorite book podcast or movie is um so frank you're gonna guess coach's favorite book is it either um hold on let me pull up the choices is it either outliers by malcolm gladwell getting to us by seth davis or hoop dreams i have no idea um <laughs> never seen coach b pick up a book in his life so. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with Hoop Dreams because it sounds like a uh, sporty, coachy kind of book. No, I was actually getting to us. I read that book right before uh, the 2019 season. And uh, it, it I, I really tried to emulate a lot of the things that uh, Seth Davis talks about. He talks about each coach having like their peak. And that's just an acronym for persistence, empathy, uh, authenticity, and knowledge. So uh, um, he interviews, he, he was an interviewer for CBS for like 25 years in the, in the sports world and interviewed some of the most, and was around some of the most uh, famous, most successful coaches in, in the world. So um, I just try, I just read a, a bunch of the, and I think the one thing that really stuck with me that I got from that book is he interviewed all these different guys and they were all so different, but so successful. And the one thing that resonated was just be yourself. If you're a, an emotional coach, like be emotional. If you're a strict coach, be strict. Um, and if you're like a loose guy, be loose. Then I think, uh, that was like the one thing I took into the 2019 season. I wasn't going to let like things around me affect practice. I was just going to be myself at practice and I'm going to keep a loose type of guy. If we have to tighten it up a little bit and I tighten it up. Um, but I like to keep things like loose and energetic. So, uh, that was like the, that was a, a really good book for me to read before we, we, uh, got into that season for sure. I'll have to pick that up. Uh, you know, not a coach myself, Adam is, but uh, I think that's kind of interesting. But we, we asked that question actually because we get a lot of recommendations uh, for our own reading list. So that's a, that's a good No, for sure. It's a little redundant, but it's it's a good one for sure. And then uh, for Frank's, uh, I'm going to actually do movies. So which is Frank's favorite movie? Is it Coach Carter, Rudy, or Invincible? It's I, I was going to say Rudy until you said Invincible because in just – got to be a Philly thing so probably Invincible. Invincible is a great movie and I actually met um, uh, Paul but uh, and he has kids who play lacrosse and uh, I'd meet him at different Eagles games um, and he's a really cool guy and he loves lacrosse actually and his kids play in South Jersey I'm not sure where but uh, he was really cool to talk about it because I always said play lacrosse and I'd see him do some Eagles games but my favorite movie is actually Coach Carter. The, this this whole story of Coach Carter is just something that's awesome, and I can relate so much to it in my four years at at the sales. 
especially with you, Coach B, like he came into it, like not that you came in and I came in, but he changed the whole program. Um, and that school, not only in how they played, like in their athletics, but in their lives and in their academics, like he, he changed all of them. He put academics over, over athletics and ultimately wanting the best for every, all, all the people on his team. And I think you do a great job with that at the sales. Um, you always stress that the classroom is just as, if not more important than, than getting out in the field. And in our four years, you've seen that progression to this year where we've finally reached our goal of getting over a three as a team GPA. And that's not easy having 50 plus guys. Um, and, it, and it starts at the top with you and it trickles down to people tutoring different guys and all that. And ultimately it's going to help all the people on our team to have great lives and be successful alumni from the sales like you see with Hutton. So it's, uh, that, that's, that, that's why that movie really talks to me. And I, I think it's just a great movie overall. You know, I think that's uh, definitely a big point. I think, you know, you really did, Coach, put an emphasis on the student and athlete part of being a student athlete. Um, yeah, and I, I think, you know, the program's in great hands. Um, I, you know, it's crazy that it's been four years since I, I've been there, um, but you can already see how many, you know, leaps and bounds the program has made. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, big things coming in the future and that first NCAA playoff win and you know hopefully you know NCAA championship down the road I think you guys you guys dream big and I think that's what you did a good job of coaches really having our team aspire to higher goals than you know what we were used to and I think you can just look at the four years since I've been gone and see how many you know strides the program has made to, to see how that's you know been successful so well thank you guys that means a lot I think that's the reason why we get into coaching um, is the relationships you make along the way um, and obviously we made two great ones here uh, and uh, you know it's something really special for sure and uh, it means a lot for sure I can't mm -hmm. say enough of uh, how, how much that means and uh, the, the, the program is definitely moving forward um, and uh, we, we had a great GPAs this year and like Frank said like uh, um, and, and like you said Hutton but that doesn't happen with, without some special pe people being a part of it you know and and uh, Coaches can can set uh, the standards and the expectation, but you have to have the right guys uh, on the program in order to be successful. And uh, I, I would love to take all the credit, but that's not how it works. Um, and it's it's you guys who really set the foundation for the program. Uh, you know, Hutton, we don't win uh we don't win a 2019 MAC championship without you building the foundation. You know, and and setting those standards. So for sure, I can't thank you guys enough for for how you just spoke about about us and the program. No, I appreciate that. Um, well, that wraps up our five and five segment. Uh, I'd like to end on one final question that I'll ask you both each. Um, and that is, what is some advice that you have for young players looking to one day play lacrosse professionally? Um, first of all, never give up. If you know my story, if I would have given up, I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I am now. Always try to persevere through the tough times and things might not always work out. Um, but another thing is, is stick to what you're really good, like what you're good at. Um, keep sharpening that that uh pencil i guess you would say and uh get really good at your craft but also work on the things you're not that good at and but the thing that you're really good at is what's going to make you stick out and makes you the valuable player that you are um going back to our championship team um everybody was had a, something we're really good at and we all meshed together you don't have to be the best lacrosse player at everything but if you can if you can uh, nail down one thing and be a great teammate then you'll you have really have a good chance of making it pretty far I mean, uh, as, as a, like, like Frank just said, you don't have to be the best lacrosse player to give effort. I think effort is something that's so underrated. If you can go out and know you walk on the lacrosse field, walk off the lacrosse field every day, 
knowing I gave everything I got and the coaches are going to know that. And, and you're just going to be becoming better lacrosse player. You're going to be playing at a different level and speed than everybody else. But I would say the one thing that um, you got to remember along your career, no matter what time it ends, is the relationships you make and, and the doors that lacrosse opens for you. Um, and uh, that's something really special. And I think you can kind of look at that by the three of us sitting here right now talking, you know, like, like uh, Hutton, I know you and I talk on, um, more often uh, than just this podcast. And Frank, mm-hmm. and I know you and I are talking weekly right now. So the relationships I'm like, you guys, I know you guys probably remember the relationships that you've been making with your teammates, but um, the relationships you make with uh, other people that you just met throughout the lacrosse world is so important and, and you'll, you'll have them forever. So definitely the relationships you make along the way. There's only, it's only one, one team that gets to hold up the uh, championship trophy at the end of the year. And that's, uh, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that's us. But if we don't, what do we do along the way to, to improve ourselves and the relationships? No, I think that's great. I think that's a testament to, you know, what type of program the sales is, um, you know, that we have these connections. I can come on a podcast with you guys and talk about this because I have the relationships. You know, I never played with you, Frank, but I feel like just in interacting with you a few times at alumni events, um, you know, and talking to Coach B, you know, we have that relationship already. So appreciate you guys hopping on. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed, you know, taking a trip back down memory lane a little bit and talking about the program and uh, looking forward to big things from the Philadelphia Barrage this summer. Thanks, Thanks. Thanks. Today, I also want to talk to you about Tomahawk Shades. Tomahawk Shades have an array of both quality sunglasses and blue light glasses at a fraction of the cost of popular sunglass brands. Their blue light glasses are perfect for guys like me who spend hours looking at a computer screen when editing. They also have a great collection of sunglasses with pro athletes like Kylie Olmiller, Kyle Harrison, Mike Chanichuk, and Chris Hogan repping the brand. So if you want a pair of the shades the pros wear, visit TomahawkShades.com and use the code PLT20 to save 20% on your order today.